Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Levy, and with us, as always, is Silver Slugger. We got Golden Glover. We got an all-star. I got Brett Boone. What up, Brett? How you doing, Dan? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. You know, what when you got on, what do we got on tap for today? When you and I set out to do this podcast, we kind of discussed what we should do. Should we, should we preview some things? Should we look at it like this? And then the first week of baseball started, and everything hit the fan. So let's 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 just jump right into what the biggest news part is, and that would be Joe Kelly. That would be Joe Kelly, and uh, he's gone for eight games and in a sixty-game season. That seems like a lot to me. What do you think? Give me give me the lowdown of what you thought of the entire scenario and what uh what your thoughts are. Well, I think with with everything that went on, you know, with the Astros, uh, you know, and everything that came out and, and the investigation and the and the fines and the and the you know, the big league managers that had to step aside. I think it was kind of one of the big topics going into this season and, and how it was going to play out. Um, I take it from a player's perspective and, and, you know, we always handled our, our beefs, our grievances. We handled that in house. We never talked about it. We never went into a a series thinking we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We just did it. And, and, uh, you know, watching last night, he gets the three Oh count to, to, uh, Bregman, he throws one over his head. Well, he's throwing 98 miles an hour and it's head high. It was behind him. Uh, you know, first thing I think as a, as a player is, well, that's so obvious. You might be, want to be a little more discreet the first series. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, if you're going to hit me, hit me. Don't miss me. You're a big leaguer. If yeah, you know, you know, somebody, you know, somebody, you know where that ball's yeah. being placed. Come no, on. Oh, 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 I, uh, you know, if you're going to hit me, drill me, square me up. I'm going to respect it a lot more than the miss. That being said, it was it was a little obvious. And it gets to Korea. Backup breaking ball inside. You know, now the drama unfolds. It, it was a breaking ball. He didn't mean to hit him with it. He ends up punching Korea out on a really tight, tight breaking ball. And as he's walking off, you know, he mouths a uh, nice swing bitch or something to that effect. You hear Dusty Baker because there's no no crowds there. You hear Dusty yelling from the dugout. Dusty, I'm a huge fan of Dusty. Dusty's, o- Dusty's awesome. We had him here in Chicago. He's one of the nicest guys I ever he, met. He's great. Now, I always had a respect for Dusty. I played against him a lot of years. And uh, from a player's perspective, though, your first, your first uh, you know, order of business is you win the game. Win the game. If you got a personal beef with someone, let's not make it a big deal. Let's not talk about it going into the series. If there's a spot and you're a pitcher and you're offended by what you, you, you might have some knowledge that we don't have. Uh, you might have some some knowledge that only the players have on the field. If you've got a beef with somebody and you're going to square that beef up, go ahead. But but I think the more obvious you are, I think it's going to be a problem all year. I think it's going to benefit the Astros in the long run because now you got the umpires on on hypersensitive alert that hey, these Astros got a target on their backs, and any pitch close, these umpires are going to be protecting the Astros. Hey, you're trying to hit him. You're trying maybe, and it's just baseball. Sometimes you're not trying to hit somebody, but I think they're going to be hypersensitive. I think it could lead in a weird, bizarre way to being a, a positive for the Astros. Tell me that. Almost, Tell me almost that. Almost getting that sympathy. Almost getting that sympathy card from the umpires because they're there protecting them. So, uh, this could this could backfire on teams that want to get even for for 
the cheating that happened. And once again, we're on the outside. We're doing a podcast here. I'm 12 years removed from being on the field. I don't have that inside, inside information on what exactly happened on the cheating side, but this could benefit the Astros in the long run. If only you were related to somebody who's still affiliated with the game in some way. Hi, Aaron. So real quick, here's my, my question to you, and, and I'm a fan. I've I never played any baseball. If you were to see the size of me, the only thing I'm really good at is curling Bud Lights and taking down a chicken wing when when being dared to faster than most people. As a fan, we're looking for things to grasp on because right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, there is no sports being played right now. The NBA is in a bubble. The NFL is probably going to get canceled. Um, right. I want to see positive things going on right now. I want to see the game get lifted. The, the Astros got busted for cheating according to baseball according to the evidence that they have it affected other managers who lost their jobs things happened and went away that was last year that was years before that was things that have already occurred and we already went through i feel like for this 60 game thing don't do this if you're anybody playing the astros and i get it you know if you cheated the game and if it's being told you know you want to brush some people up that's part of the game but doing these kinds of things and now this guy's gone for eight games and now you got all this thing the stuff going on and it's just i don't think the game needs this i don't think the game needs people to be carrying grudges right now we're all hypersensitive to the things that are going on why do this why even affect your team like this eight games that means a lot more than it did when it was 162 games well kelly you know is is really talented guy and a big part of that dodger bullpen and i think you hit it on the head it's it's a 60 game schedule that eight games is a lot more than it would be in 162. i think you got to be above the fray i think you got to sprint uh i think when you have that opportunity and and you have a personal beef or something to to square with another player you handle that how we've always handled that it's an eye for an eye um but i think in this short term First and foremost, and I've always felt this way. And and one time, you know, back in my career in, in Cincinnati, I had a beef with a player because they wanted to settle a score. And I said, this isn't the time or the place for that. It was a 1-1 game. As a player, I have, I have an allegiance to my team. First and foremost, I win the game. Once we win the game, whatever happens, uh, you know, as a sidebar happens as a sidebar. But you got to be a professional out there. You got to win the game and then you go on. Good part of it is in this in this fiasco. And I don't want to spend too much time on this. But in the first week of the season, they did end up winning the game. So it, so it wasn't a loss for for something you did. But going forward, uh, you know, this is going to be this this little whatever this sidebar this this soap opera is going to play out throughout the season i'm already bored of it i'm tired of it uh, i think every, i think and, everybody and everybody is started. i think everybody yeah. everybody's tired of it and i think it's just casual fans even if even people that are not like glued to baseball and are just like we're pining for anything sports i'm pining for anything to get my brain off of what's going on around the world around us the last thing i want to do is have something brought back up it's like 60 games, just show me good baseball, just hit home runs, play good, have some close games, have things that are like just every, let's try to make every game memorable, just something that I can hold on to. And every time you bring back something that happened before that was bad, it's like, let's just stop dealing with the bad. Stop reminding me that, that people got busted for cheating and I'm sure cheating is still going on and I'm still, and, and I'm sure people are, are stealing signs and you know, in a couple well, of months, in a couple of months, it may come out that. This knucklehead Joe Kelly, you know, he's he's probably 
you know, get allegedly doing steroids or do something dumb. And then we're going to look back on it. It's like everybody's going to do their thing. Just play good baseball for the next 60 games. Be a be a sunlight for the sport. Don't don't do that. Well, and I think, you know, you're going to have this. This Corona is going to kind of uh, be hanging over Major League Baseball the entire season. Nobody's fault. Uh, they said they put the rules in place. Uh, if anything's going to hurt them, it's just the, the rigorousness of the rules. I mean, it's coming in every other day. You're getting a test. Uh, we see the Miami Marlins. They're they're having a tough time right now. You know, I, I think you got 12 guys tested. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, another four recently yeah. tested positive. And that and that comes you know that comes with a big price. And and opening the season, I was I was just kind of looking over all the teams and try to kind of put them where I thought they'd end up the season. And the one thing it's such an it's such a wild card this year is, you know, how do we go about this season as a professional? I, I try to put myself back in my playing days, back in my heyday. How would I handle a sixty game season? And I've thought about it a lot. I think if I decide to go for it, I'm going to play. I made the decision to play. I have an owner. I have an organization that that uh, I'm accountable to. I have teammates that I'm accountable to. So if I roll back the season, go into it. I've got to do the best job to protect myself. So that means maybe that means coming off a road trip and I can't stay in the house with my family because this is my livelihood. This is how I feed my family. This is how I earn a living. I, I need to do everything I can to shelter myself. And that might mean not going to my favorite restaurant tonight. That might mean living in a bubble as good as I can. So when I get to that ballpark and I have to take that test, I, I give myself the best chance I can of coming up negative because if I'm positive and I was a little loose with how, you know, I went to the grocery store and, and I went here or I went there. Uh, I don't want to give myself any excuse. I got 60 days to buckle down as much as I can give my team the best chance I can to win. So if I walk in that locker room and I'm in the middle of that lineup and I test positive because I got a little frivolous on my behavior, man, I got to look at my teammates in the eye and, and they might lose me for 10 days and vice versa, a teammate of mine. So I expect the same. It's 60 days. You're getting paid a lot of money. You've got a short window in, in this lifetime to, to play Major League Baseball. And I think if you decide to play, you go all in and you did the best job. Now, tests are going to come up. I mean, we're human beings. Life happens. Life happens, but I've got to give myself the best chance to, to give myself when I take that test the best chance of coming up negative. And it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices in, in my lifestyle, but it's a, it's a 60 game schedule. And, and hopefully uh, months from now we're rid of this, of this virus and we can go on to normal life. But in the meantime, I got to do the best job I can. And I think you're seeing that with the Marlins right now. I, I thought about it at the beginning of the season and I thought, you know, I'm trying to handicap these teams and I'm thinking, well, it's a good thing they got, a 60 man roster because I think a lot of these teams are not going to finish with the roster. They started. No, not even close. Marlins are seeing that right now. You know, it's because the rules in place are this and correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe it's a, if you test negative or, or I'm sorry, if you test positive, a Soto for the Washington nationals, right? Getting ready for opening day. He tests positive. He's got to wait 72 hours and then he takes another test. If that test is negative, he's got to wait another 24 hours to get a second negative test before he's cleared to play. And I believe, speaking of Soto, I think he's cleared to play tonight, which is good news for the Washington Nationals. 
but man, this could just snowball on you. You know, you come in, you, you, you get a positive test, you wait your 72 hours and then another positive test. Now I believe you have to wait another 72. So this could turn into 10 games real quick, which all, all said, you know, that's going to be equal to a month in a regular season. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, craziness. I think everybody's kind of seeing how it goes on the fly. No, you know, everybody's kind of starting off with a fresh sheet, but, uh, you're going to have to be a little bit lucky this year. You know, the injuries are usually the one thing that can really derail a team this year. You got, got Corona as that wild card and it should be interesting how this is all played out. That being said, I was very happy. Uh, the first week. I, well, that's so, what I was going to, that's what I was going to ask you. Let's, let's, let's bring it up a bit from one positive to another. Tell me what you've liked so far. We've had one week of baseball under our belt. What is What has stood out to you as some, some things that have impressed you? I think, wow, I was pleasantly surprised when I turned on the first broadcast. And, you know, I'm thinking these cutouts. Okay, cheese ball. I'm <laughs> thinking, uh, you know, oh, okay, we're going to have the sound piped <laughs> in. The, the noise piped in. I'm thinking, oh, laugh track, 70s sitcom. But I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I turned it on and I found myself in the in the middle of the second inning thinking that there was a crowd. And uh, it helped. You know, somebody it hit, helped. Somebody hit, a, somebody hit a home run. They were running around the bases and I put myself in their shoes and I thought, wow, I know that feeling. It's like early batting practice when nobody's in the stands. And those, you know, these stadiums are big, vast, open spaces. And when you hit those seats, it ricochets and echoes. So when they hit a home run, I'm hearing the crowd noise because I think they're doing a great job with the broadcast. But they're not hearing that. They're hearing that that seat, you know, ricochet off a seat. Yeah. But I think as players, too, you know, I played in Montreal in the in the late 90s when you could go to you could go to the stadium there and there could be 3000 in a 50,000 capacity stadium so that seems like nobody you know there was that's how it is in the, uh, in the south side of chicago the white Sox don't usually draw until they're they're really really good and when it happens it's like oh look at that sold out nice yeah and the marlins that's that's another oh god yes here's the, here's the thing marlins I, I really i i'm right there with you it's kind of nice to hear the pipe didn't sound i think they should let like you know front office people send that in that first section maybe have you know let them be pretty spaced out maybe put a couple of different uh you know a couple different um mascots or something like that just kind of look like it is and i'm good with the pipes on i don't think they need those cut those cardboard cutouts when you watch the nba bubble you're seeing like people with the teams and people kind of in the stands and they're kind of making some sound so there's it's not as non-natural as it is so i think all they really need to do is just put some security guards there maybe put a couple of front office people or some people that work with the team and maybe a couple of mascots just kind of walking around and that's all i really need like you said you hear that sound and it just kind of puts you in the uh, in the game well i think you know i think they have the rules in place and i think especially right now at the beginning i think they're going to be real pc about it optically i think they want it to go off without a hitch they don't want any any heat from from any outside sources. So nope. I think they're just going to do protocol. I think they're going to do it by the book, which I you know, to start this whole thing and what this country's uh, gone through and what the world, you know, for that for that matter, has gone through. I think it's better optically just to do what they're doing. Check off check off all the boxes, do what what's in place to do from a safety protocol standpoint and get on with the with the season. Mm. And, and I think so far, so good with the hiccup being the Marlins right now. The thing about it is, is the Marlins do that. Now that messes up other schedules. The Yankees were going into Philly where the Marlins were playing. Well, all of a sudden, uh, 
they don't want to put a new ball club into the visiting clubhouse where the Marlins just left. So they're fumigating that. That puts that off a few days. Marlins are missing a week. That's going to throw a wrench into a bunch of people's schedules. So I think if you can nip it in the bud, catch it, catch it like they did right now, uh, hopefully you'll have smooth sailing from from here on out. But it's going to be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be a year like we've never seen. What is what is something that has been uh, kind of caught you by surprise in terms of, okay, I didn't see that coming. It's a shorter league, and certain teams are doing certain things. And out here, it's like, you know, in Chicago where I'm at, Cubs are winning and the Sox are not, which is kind of interesting from my standpoint because going into the season, we were like, man, we hope that there is a baseball season because on paper, the White Sox look like they're going to be the best team in the league. And right now, it hasn't shown that way. So in terms of certain teams that you and I have discussed in the past, like, you know, watch out for these teams, watch out for that. Which ones have kind of been like, ooh, that's, they're not getting off to the start I thought they would. Well, I, I think there's the obvious teams right now. You know, the Washington Nationals, and to me, the best three, you know, they got the best starting rotation in that division. When you, when you go Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin. Scherzer got off to a rough start. He's starting tonight. Uh, Corbin had a good outing. Uh, Strasburg got scratched. So they're off to a rough start. I think they're one and four. The other side is, and I've watched, you know, I'm, I'm living in San Diego and the Padres who, who really haven't been on anybody's radar for a long time. I've watched a few of their games. I'm really impe- impressed with their young starting staff. Uh, they got a good bullpen and they've got a mix. They've got, a, you know, the Machados and the Hosmers. But you've got this young, young player in Tatis who, who I think has got a chance to be a big time superstar. So the Padres, you know, off to a four and one start. I think uh, they're opening some eyes. The Rays, that's no that's no uh, mystery for me. They're off to a four and one start. I you know, I think it's going to be a down year for the Red Sox. We can go on and on. I think the Twins and the Indians, you talk about your White Sox. I think the White Sox could be an exciting team. But I put those guys more in the category of the Blue Jays. Young, hungry, uh, you know, getting back into the mix. But I don't think they're ready for, for prime time yet. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I may be wrong, but we'll see. I think the Indians and the Twins in that White Sox division, I think, I, I think they're a better match for, for the top of that division. I think the A's, I, I think Houston's still going to be good. We'll see what happens. We had Verlander go down in the first week. Obviously, their ace, he won the Cy Young last year. You already lose Cole to the Yankees, who, who in my opinion, is the best pitcher in, in baseball. And so they were heavily going to rely on the Grinky and uh, Verlander. Verlander goes down early. Still have a great team there in Houston, but we'll see. A's are always there. They're going to be tough. I don't think there's any... I don't think there's any surprises in the West with the Rangers and the Mariners, you know, off to a one and three, one and four start Cardinals. Let's go over to the national league. I think the Cardinals, they're always there. Some reason, something about that city. Cardinals always find a way your cubbies over there in in Chicago off to a four and one start. Never know. They got some talent on that team. Veteran guys. It's still there there before. And a new manager, a new manager, new culture. So it's uh, a, there's a lot of things. Let me ask you this. You start out the season. And again, I'm, I'm not, privy to all the seasons that you've had. If you've started out in the first couple of games, not so hot, you as a player, what are you doing differently after that? After that first week of going like, man, I had all this time to prepare. I felt pretty good going into it. The first week comes and it's not, it not the juice isn't going my way. What are you, what are you doing? Are you sticking to the same old plan or are you changing something up? What, what are you doing to try to get your juice going again? Well, I think, you know, I think in this day and age, I think, uh, 
well, let me let me rephrase that. Not this day and age. I think <laughs> this year, in my this day. year in particular, I, I I think you know usually we have patterns, and as as players and as big league players, and once we start to develop a track record, you go into spring training. Some guys are, hey, I'm a slow starter, and it's almost like it morphs into your mind that, yeah, in April I get off to a slow start. Well, this year you can't have that mindset because it's only too much. You get off to a slow start and you're going to have a rough season. So I think the mindset's different from the athlete. uh, And it's everything's a little bit heightened right now. You know, you have a rough week. uh, You know, that's a little bigger on the radar than it was having a rough week the beginning of April. You got to still you still got 155 to go. Sure. But what do you do? What what is what does Brett Boone do? What what do you do to break the uh, the mojo? Give me your your go to's. Even even if even if you were playing in today's game, even back then, if I were to say to you, well, well, I mean, you can just you can just chalk that up to what did I do when I was in a slump? What did I uh, change change underwear? I change where I eat. Uh, (laughs) I do all the quirky things, which they're net. They never work. Bottom line is getting back to the basics and that's early work and that's video and that's uh, studying and, and, and just work. I mean, it's getting to the ballpark at noon some days and, and hitting, having two sessions before we even go out on, uh, onto the field, just so I can get that feeling. It's not necessarily results. It's how do I feel when I step in that box? And if I have that feeling, whether I make an out that it bad or not, if I'm on time and, and my hands are where they need to be and, and that bat's in the zone at the right time, things are going to work, but I got to get to that point. Usually spring training's the time to work that out, and you've usually got six weeks. This, this year, a little bit different. So some mm. guys are going to be tardy, you know, getting their swing where they need it, where they haven't had the, the proper time to prepare. Same with the pitchers. You know, pitchers at this point are a little behind because they didn't have – quite the time in spring training to get their arms in, in, in the shape they wanted to. So you're going to see some rust and, and you're also going to see some guys that bust out of the box real quick. Uh, but that's typical in any year. It's just everything's at a premium right now because every, every win counts. That being said, let's go with this. You know, it's, it's for the first time in major league baseball, 16 teams are going to make the postseason. Mm. That's eight in each league. That's more than half the league. So, it should be the easiest season ever to make the playoffs. So when you talk about each game being that important, when you really look at it, there's a lot more playoff spots to be had. So you can just kind of cruise into the postseason. You still, there's a ranking system. You know, you don't want to be seated eighth. You're going to have a tougher, tougher road to, to, to hoe. You know, you're going to be playing the number one seed. So you want to be the number one seed. So you get home field advantage throughout. So there's all these variables, but I think just making the postseason this year, it's going to be easiest, easier than it's ever been because more than half the big league teams out there are going to make the postseason. Let me ask you this. If you're a veteran in a ball club right now and you're seeing that there, maybe there's a younger guy kind of not doing that good. Are you going out to him and talking to him? Are you are you saying something to him, or are you just kind of letting that that guy kind of figure out his way into the league? Is it? Do you take it upon yourself as a veteran to kind of pay things forward and kind of go back to guys, or is it one of those situations where each guy is kind of different? I'm not sure if he wants to be talked to. Well, I'll tell you, you've you've got to be able to read that, and as a player, uh, it, it, <laughs> This life and, and baseball is not excluded from that. It's all about reading people and reading players and reading situations. Uh, it's something that you just you're on that field as a veteran player, a young player, and it's a feeling. You know, there's a right time and a wrong time. It's no different than 
then uh, when you're coaching your kid in Little League and he has a rough game, is is now the time to talk to him? Or do I wait till he has dinner tonight and maybe we casually bring it up? I think you have to handle it with kick gloves. Depend on the individual. Depends on the personality. Some guys you go up and you kick them in the ass and they respond to that. And some guys you got to go and give them a hug and tell them it's going to be all right. And that personality responds to that. So I don't think it changes Major League Baseball field or, or other places in your life, in your, in your personal life, in your family life. It's, it's about handling, reading people and personalities. And, uh, that's how I always made my decision. You know, there were times when, when I want to help a teammate out and, and maybe this is the time, but maybe it's not, it's got to be in the moment. It's got to be what, what I'm feeling. Is this the right time? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's, I wait till after the game. Maybe it's, you know, after he showered, we're on the bus and he's having a beer and he's winding down. Maybe that's the time to bring it up. So it's it's all a call. It's an individual call and depends on who you're dealing with. Like I said, personality, reading people, that that's the biggest part is where you interject. You got to remember this and you got to respect this. These are all men. These are all grown men and they're the greatest players, the greatest baseball players in the world. And you got to give them that respect. You know, when you come, you got to pick your spots. Just like if someone were to come up to me when I was a young player, uh, usually they pick their spots right. And, and I appreciate it as a young player, but it's it's strictly up to the individual. Best advice anybody ever gave you in the leagues? Oh, man. As far as just a blanket best advice, out, like, Just something where you're like, you know what? That is just a code I'm going to live on by. step on the white line. You know, nobody steps <laughs> on the white line. I didn't. But other than that, it's, it's you know, you ever see Tin Cup? Sure. Yeah, put the change in. Put the change in the left pocket. You know he's got the shanks on the range. I couldn't imagine being a <laughs> professional golfer and having the shanks. I've had the shanks as a hack amateur, and I know how how much anxiety you can get out on a course. But being a pro, he says, uh, "Put the put some change in the left pocket. Now do this. Now untuck your shirt." Sometimes it's as simple as that. This game is so. Uh, Man, if you want, you can make it so complex. It's such a difficult game playing this game at the highest level and succeeding at the highest level. We got to simplify it as much as we can. But but we're human beings, and, and and sometimes we make things that are simple really hard. Getting back to the basics, making you know a swing, for example, is I used to have all these checkpoints and this and that, and, and man, I had some good hitting coaches, and I had some not so good hitting coaches. The great ones could just come whisper in my ear and say. You know what, Booney? Remember that you know two weeks ago we were in Texas, and remember what you did with your with your top hand. And I'll look at him and I'll say, yeah. He go, why don't you try that and walk away? All of a sudden, I went from down in the dumps. I'm not seeing the breaking ball. My swing's a mess. And that little little seed he planted just turned my whole day around. Not necessarily I was going to go out there and, and, and go two for my next three. But I'll tell you what, mentally, I had a chance. And it was all because he just did something that, that cut something loose in my brain, got me out of my brain and thinking and just like, yeah, that top hand thing I did. Now I got, I got some confidence going into my next at bat. Sometimes it's that simple. And, and if the, this game is so tough, if sometimes we just simplify it, it, it makes a little smoother sailing. Uh, I'm a- I, believe me, I've been on both sides of it. And, and when you're scuffling, there's nowhere to hide. Big leagues, there's nowhere to hide. And I've argued with football players about this all the time, saying, 
you know, mentally, the you know, I've talked to some quarterbacks and mentally football is much tougher. So what are you talking about? You play once a week. Yeah, I, 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 I'll grant you this. You have a you have a rough week. You got to walk around for one week harboring that bad game you just had. Quite the contrary. You have a great week. You're walking around with your chest puffed out. Baseball, nowhere to hide. Because you, you're going to play today, and you're playing tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And there's no, you know, you're going to be in the lineup, rain or shine, whether your swing stinks or whether it's good. I've had days where I'm skipping to the ballpark, going, I can't wait to get there because I feel so good. That ball looks like a beach ball. And I've had days where I just don't want to go to that ballpark because I know what's coming, and it's not good. Uh, but though, though, man, that's that's the dog days, and that's the grind, and. And when you do find it and, and you come out of that rut, it makes it so much more fulfilling. And, and uh, you know, it, it's an old cliche, but it's true. No, it's nothing's easy. Booty, Booty, let me ask you this. Obviously, there was a, an attempt at a bench clearing brawl because of last night's uh, brouhaha that almost unfolded at the Dodgers Astros game. So with that, I'll give those guys a mulligan. There's not much you're gonna do. There's a uh, there's all these rules now of encroachment and unsportsmanlike conduct that they really can do much as far as benches clearing. In your day and in general, when we're not under a pandemic and you can actually clear the bench and you guys can go at it, what are the unwritten rules about a bench clearing brawl? What are the the nays and you and the can or can't do when when everybody's clearing it out? Well, I think I think they're the basic rules in in the streets. You know, it's it's uh, no sucker punches. You know, square up. If you got a problem with somebody, let's square up and go at it right here. Most of the brawls in in Major League Baseball, it's a lot of standing around. It's a lot of holding the other guys back. Right. Usually, there's one or two guys that are going at it. Usually, it's the pitcher and the hitter, mm. and they're trying to get at each other. And the rest of us are kind of breaking it up. I've been in a little more intense brawls. Uh, but usually for the most part, it's a lot of pushing and shoving and, and, and talking with other players. And, and it's usually pretty peaceful. You know, these rules they have, they're, they're great, but, but I don't think they're actual rules. They're just more, more, uh, they're guides to how, how we'd like you to behave. Believe me, you get hit in the head at the wrong time and you go out and get that pitcher. You're not going to be thinking about COVID when you're trying to, when you're trying to hit him in the mouth. And, you know, I laugh at that. Oh, there's no spitting. No, these are guidelines. They're not rules. You're not going to go to jail for it. I think all of us should be aware, you know, as athletes right now is, is what we're going through. Yeah. Let's, let's try to keep the interaction down. Try not to high five. You hit a big walk-off home run to win the game. Uh, human nature is going to take over. You're going to high five. It's not because you're putting it in anybody's face that you're, you're disregarding the rules. But when you get caught up in that much emotion in the middle of the game, uh, sometimes you, you don't mean to do it, but you do it. It's almost like this. It's almost like, well, Brett today, you know, third base is going to be first base. So when you make contact, run to third, well, I'll guarantee you that first time I make contact, I'm running the first. It's just human. We've been doing it for so long and we're programmed to just tell me right now, well, you can't, well, you can get in a fight, but you can't physically fight. Well, what kind of rule is that? <laughs> you know, you get caught up in the emotion. You're going at it. And if somebody was going at it last night, it, it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, Brett, it, let, it's just the way it is. Let me ask you this. Every pitcher that you ever went up against, the moment you step in that box and you look square at him. First things that go through your head, I could take this guy if he gave him a fight, or I don't think I could take this guy if he hits me. I'm just going to walk. 
Oh, never thought about it. You know what? If, if you, you never drill, thought about it, this guy drills me. I can beat this guy up. No, well, I think I can beat anybody up. <laughs> I think I can beat anybody up. Of uh, course, you've read Boone. The problem I see with with fights and, and guys, you can tell, you know, when guys get hit and they're feeling pressure, whether it's from their peers or, or just the game itself. And if he hits me, it's so obvious he's going to hit me. I've got to go get him. Well, if you're thinking like that, uh, I, I would suggest not going out there. If if you're willing to go out there, you go out there and you go get him. Because because in those type of situations, you're going to get your clock cleaned if you don't. You, 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 you can't force yourself to go. It's got to be an in-the-moment decision. It can't be a premeditated, okay, if he hits me, I have to go out there. I see that a lot of times. You're going to get your butt kicked that way. If you're going to go at it, go at it. If you're going to drill somebody, you got to be p- prepared for the consequence. And if you're prepared, you're never disappointed. But you got to be willing to fight. If you're going to go out there, not I'm just going to make a yeah, I'm, I'm going to show the camera that, hey, I was ready to fight. No, you're either ready or you're not. Don't take two steps out there and start pointing the bat at him. Either go get him or go to first base. Brett Boone, we have a week already in the tank as far as baseball is concerned. You and I have already kind of gone back and forth on who we think is going to win, how this is going to look with a week in. Who do you have winning the whole thing? We've got. Oh, man. Uh, on paper, you still got to go Yankees. You still got to go Yankees. Uh, Dodgers are the best team in the in the NL, I believe. Uh, National still, they're off to a slow start. But, man, with those three, I still think starting pitching is what's going to win in the end. Uh, I think the Yankees bullpen is as good as any. I think the lineup is as good as any. I think they got the best pitcher in Major League Baseball and Cole. I think if Paxton can get to that next level like a Strasburg did a year ago is really cross that line and, and really start to, to grow into all that potential he's always had. I think he could be a huge guy. Uh, the Rays are there. Uh, twins, man, what an explosive lineup they have. I what? think the Houston thing, the Verlander is really going to be tough for Houston because I had them still uh, being there in the end and, and having a chance. Um, but I, you know what? If I got to come down to it, it's the same as last year. It's the Dodgers best in the NL and the Yankees best in, in the AL, at least on paper. It is so strange to me to have a baseball season taking place and not have the Boston Red Sox be a good team. I was texting with you when they were playing the Mets, and the Mets were smoking them. And I was sitting there te- texting you going, man, the Mets are taking it to them. And you said the iconic words, they both stink. And it's true. They both stink. <laughs> but as I mean, as a as a as a well, person, I, I, who's, I, it's as, not it's not fair, though, because <laughs> you, you, you start with the Mets. OK, they got DeGrom, best pitcher in the National right. League, in my opinion. Right. But right. you don't have Syndergaard. You know, and True. and you and who else did you lose right before the season? Stroman, you were counting on him to, to carry a big load. He goes down with I, I believe he he tore a calf muscle. So you've got two of your big guys down. Um, Boston still a formidable lineup. Still got veterans. You got all stars uh, all throughout that lineup. It's just that starting rotation, and it's funny for us because we're not used to saying there's certain teams we look at nowadays, and and we think of the Yankees, and you think of the Dodgers, and you think of the Boston Red Sox, exactly, especially, and you think those teams don't rebuild. 
They're just annual contenders. Well, this is the first time in a lot of years that the Boston Red Sox really aren't in position from a pitching standpoint to contend, especially in that division. You know, I've got the well, Blue Jays. Blue Jays might be ahead of them, let alone the Rays and the Yankees. I feel Much like, better starting rotation. I feel like in a season like this, you want to check off all the boxes to, to be like, okay, this was an actual baseball season. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and even in some ways, the Mets too, even though they, they kind of do things kind of weirdly and differently, but and the Cubs, they all seem to just have bottomless pockets. When they want to spend it, they spend it. The Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers just love shelling out money. They love knowing that they're not going to just rebuild. They're just going to buy their way back, and we're all going to love and hate them. And we're on a 60-game season where you want to check off the boxes. You want to see certain rivals. You want to see the Dodgers and the and the Giants going at it. And you definitely want to see the Yankees and the Red Sox, and you want to – the preview. Everybody wants to see that, that, that rivalry, that matchup, and knowing that this year – more than likely, the Yankees are just going to steamroll those guys. You're like, oh, well, well, I don't even want to watch it. They could, well, they could, but but this is a weird year, and it's 60 right. games, and and once again, it's this COVID thing. Just because wild just card, you know, Tampa Bay. You, you think they were, uh, or I'm sorry, the Marlins. Do you think they were planning on 12 guys tested positive? That could happen to any one of these teams. It's true. So th- nothing's for sure here. You know, there's there's a lot of what ifs, and that's why you're going to see it. But but the Dodgers, Yankees, uh, it's it's obvious. You, you know, you look, you go down the and, and you try to find reasons not to pick them. You try to find someone to upset them. But when push comes to shove, and if you're being honest with yourself when you're going off and checking these boxes, you can't look past them. I think the Giants and the NL West, uh, they're they're going to be in for a rough year, big time rebuilding year. But maybe the Padres take over that rivalry with the Dodgers. They're young and hungry. And that would talented. be awesome. And I'm telling you, look out for the Padres this year to make a little bit of noise. I don't think they're a better team or can beat the Dodgers at full strength. But I'll tell you, they're 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 up and coming. I think they, they might surprise some people this year. I feel like it's been 20 years since I heard somebody say, keep an eye out for the Padres. And it feels good to hear it. It feels good to hear it. He is Brett Boone. You can find him on Twitter at, at TheBoone29. And remember, guys, feel free to ask him questions, ask him for stories, ask anything and everything of Mr. Brett Boone. He is willing to give you the goods. All you got to do is ask. My name is Dan Levy. I can be found on Twitter, social media, at Base on Air, because I got that deep old voice, B-A-S-S on Air. He is Brett Boone. This has been the Boone Podcast, and we thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Brett. See you soon. Thanks, Danny.